0: Hey, queens and kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to these three things podcast. We are down to the last three episodes of season two, and it feels like season two has really flown by. And when I sit here and just think about my guest and the episodes that have been a part of season two, I have really loved every single conversation I've had in this season. In season one as well. I've loved every single conversation I've had since I've started this podcast. I love learning about people. I love learning about their stories. I think so many times we size people and we judge other people and we don't know their stories I think we look at successful people, and we admire them, and we may want to be them, or we may want to accomplish some of the things that they have, and we don't know the hardships that they went through before they achieved the success to be where they are. Get to know the stories of the people around you. How many of the people around you do you even know their stories? what's really happened to them in life, what shaped them, how they were raised, pivotal moments, things that changed them, things that defined them. I love it. I am intrigued by it. I could have conversation ad nauseum. Like my podcast episodes could legitimately be four or five hour episodes because this question leads me to that question. Now I want to know this thing and now I want to know deeply how you felt about that. I just want to know people on a deep level. I don't like anything surface. I hate fake. Well, hate is a strong word, but I dislike fake and surface. I like real. And I know everybody's not that deep and everything in life isn't that deep. But when we're talking about life and we're talking about our stories, I really want to know the real about people And for no other reason than to just know them better, to appreciate them better. And I think that if we really knew the stories of the people around us, we would appreciate each other a lot more. Those are just my thoughts about it. I'm going to keep on interviewing people. Season three, I'm going to try to knock your socks off with some of the people that I interview and some of the conversations that we're going to have. And I'm not going to say much about season three because it's in development stages, but I'm praying big prayers. I'm praying big prayers. Let me just say that. The Black Women in Faith episode, you guys have loved that episode. Thank you for listening to my Unstoppable Faith sisters I love them. And yes, we have a good time together. I heard that quite a bit from a lot of listeners that it sounds like you guys have a lot of fun and we do. And those relationships are built off of a lot of love and a lot of trust. And, um, I love those women. I love being around them. I love spending time together and our conversations and the things that we talk about. And, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, too. I'm glad you enjoyed our conversation about faith and just some of our stories in that group and things that we've overcome. I know when I tell my basketball stories and experiences, um, it may come across that it was bad or I had some amazing moments. I have been at the top of a profession and been one of the best at doing something in this nation. I have traveled. I have seen the world. I have experienced amazing highs and I have been at the depths of despair at some devastating defeats and loved it. Basketball gave me a lot. It helped me take care of my children. It helped me to do some amazing things for people that otherwise I would have not been able to do. It allowed me to make some great money that has sustained me. It has been a great experience, but... But it was time for me to move on. I have had some amazing experiences because of basketball, and I will always love the game of women's basketball, and I expect nothing but big things from women's basketball. With Dawn Staley leading the pack, (laughs) who else is better fit for that? Uh, Big ups to women's basketball, and we're going to give an applause. That's right. That's right gotta give an applause man I spent 18 years in that industry and uh loved it loved it a lot of great experiences so um let me just tell y'all something this chicken pot pie that my listeners sent to me I have made it twice now (laughs) I'm not even ashamed to say this chicken pot pie is so freaking good I have made it twice now It's like my Sunday meal. I just, I can't wait to go and make another chicken pot pie. And it like kind of sustains me, at least until Wednesday, you know. So um, again, sir, thank you for your chicken pot pie recipe. I have shared it and I am still cooking it. And it's been great, even though it warmed back up in Savannah and was like 80 this past week. I still, you know, enjoy my chicken pot pie. The place in the world that we are giving applause to today And saying thank you is none other than the state, deep south state of Alabama. That's right. That's right. For those of you who are listening for the first time, I am a graduate of the University of Alabama, Crimson Tide. Uh, the 2020-21 national champions in college football. They actually won a national championship when I was there on campus, and it was a good time to be alive. Let me just say that. It was a great time to be alive. Um, thank you, Alabama, for listening. I know plenty of folks in Alabama, so any of you who are tuning in and listening to these three things, thank you for sharing, thank you for listening and tuning into the show. Um, some of you have probably heard things about me that you never knew. Some of you probably thought that you knew me and you now realize that maybe you didn't as much as you thought. And some of you are like, yeah, that's Bebe. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, that is my nickname. That is what most people who have known me most of my life call me is Bebe. Um, but I'm a professional now and I go by Sharana. <laughs> It's whatever. I can still be baby. I don't care. Um, that's never really been a big issue with me. But I'm excited about today's episode. I am super excited about... Oh, well, I'm excited about every episode. But today, you guys, I'm introducing you to my love. One of my loves. My daughter, Kamora Reeves. Y'all, I just like my daughter. I think you guys will like her too. I think the dynamics of the mother and daughter relationship is important it is everything and we just wanted to talk about it so I'm going to stop talking and let you guys hear the conversation for yourself mother and daughter relationships with my daughter Kamora Reeves enjoy can trust, that we'll find unity. You and I, and many more. These three things, that's how we'll be restored, so we can rise up, move. To close, free your mind, let's go, these three things. This is Sharana Reeves and you are listening to These Three Things Podcast and I am here today with my daughter, Kimora Reeves. (laughs) Hey, Kim, how you doing?
1: Hello, doing pretty good. How about you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. We are here today to talk about black women and our relationships with our daughters. Mm -hmm. I thought this would be a great conversation for us to have, especially in this season of your life Mm -hmm. with you being older now and more of an adult. You know, and being able to reflect on uh, these first nineteen, soon to be twenty years of your life. Um, I mean, technically still a teenager, but I mean, you've always been kind of uh, mature mature. <laughs> yeah, you have. and been able to take care of your business and do what you've needed to do. And I just feel like with everything that's going on in the world, I think this is a perfect time to have this conversation. I agree. Uh, and I also think that, um, I also think that for black women in general, I think a lot of times the dynamics of a mother and daughter relationship in our culture can be either really close or completely in the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. So tell my listeners, I mean, they've obviously, you know, if they've been listening to these three things. They know that I love my kids. (laughs) I love my son and daughter. Uh, but just tell them a little bit about
1: yourself. Okay, yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to start off by saying I'm super duper excited to finally be on the show. I keep (laughs) saying like how many times is she gonna have a podcast and I'm not one of her guests, but here we are. (laughs) Um, I am going into my second semester here of my sophomore year. I go to Tennessee State University up in Nashville. I am majoring in political science. My goal is to become a Supreme Court judge, but before that, I want to become a lawyer, a civil rights attorney, to be ex- to be exact. I am managed by Tribe Talent Management. It is a model and talent agency up in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I am signed as a curve model. Um, that's going pretty great. I'm really excited to see what the future holds with that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's all good
0: stuff that's all good stuff so let's jump right in um you were born we are recording this episode in savannah georgia uh camora is leaving tomorrow to head back to nashville uh, for school which will probably end up being online yeah, mostly it's virtual yeah it'll be a virtual school um so you were born in nashville tennessee correct so you're back in nashville tennessee full circle crazy
1: how that works <laughs> huh after everywhere we've been i know i know <laughs>
0: I know. And we've been some places. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So let's talk about that. You know, with my coaching career and, you know, me trying to chase that Division One dream and being a head coach, I was never afraid to move around. I always felt like it would be good for me just to uh, learn from different coaches and styles of play. So which was partially the reason why we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I felt that I didn't want to just be under one head coach, I wanted to have some diversity. I wanted to see different conferences and leagues. In mm-hmm. my mind, I was always prepping myself for the D one job. Uh, but it's funny how you know they say we make our plans and God <laughs> 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 steps in and changes them. Yeah, you know. But to the to the question, we we moved around a lot. You moved around a lot. Can you name all of the places that <laughs> you've lived?
1: i can okay Um, go for it so we well i started out in nashville from nashville we moved to west virginia west virginia we moved to new york from new york we moved to mississippi from mississippi we moved to alabama from alabama we moved to florida from florida we moved back to west virginia from west virginia we moved to tennessee and now we're in georgia well yeah i'm in georgia (laughs) back and forth for me but you're in georgia i'm in tennessee
0: yeah yeah that's a lot of moving yeah how did you feel about that as a kid
1: um at the time it was kind of cool because you know it was a new environment new friends new things you know just new you know everything Mm -hmm. but the more i got older it became more just like i was losing like things over and over and over again and it became like it became to the point where like i wouldn't get too attached to something because i knew like my mom's career was going to end up coming to an end here and then having to start like fresh somewhere else so i always tried to keep that mindset but then again like i mean overall it was cool it was nice to be the new girl on the blog. It was nice to, you know, tell them like, yeah, my mom's a coach. She coaches, you know, at whatever university was, you know, around. And yeah, I mean.
0: So was it ever hard? I felt like, and this is just my take, but I want to hear your version of it. Cuz sometimes I think as 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 mothers or as parents, we think that you guys are perceiving things a certain way, but then th- there's your reality. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I actually kind of felt like that my last job in Knoxville oh, was yeah. like the perfect stop for you <laughs> it was. because I feel like that all the other places you guys could have, I think Kendon West Virginia definitely for your brother mm-hmm. was the, was the spot for him. Cause he had his crew, he had his mm-hmm. crew there and that was his, that was the first time Kendon truly had a crew. Yeah. And so I think West Virginia was the spot for him, but for you, I feel like the spot was Knoxville because It was your starting your sophomore year. I blossomed,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Talk about that. Like, why was Knoxville such a blossoming moment for you?
1: Um, Knoxville was very, very just. It was great for me. I really needed it. Coming from Morgantown, West Virginia, where it was predominantly, you know, white people, and then transferring down to the South, where I see more people who. Not only look like me, but have my body type, have the type of hair that I have, talk the same way that I talk. It was just like, mm-hmm. it was so amazing from the first week from my uh, high school. I was just like, yeah, mom, like I'm gonna like it here. It's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't nervous like being a high school kid going no. into a new high school? No, when I guess that said, was from all the moving. Yeah, you know? that
1: also. But when you said that we were moving to Knoxville, Tennessee, I was ready. I was so ready. I was like, well, one, I was like that's. Closer to family. It's only two and a half hours down from my grandparents. I was like, perfect. I've been always I've I've always wanted to live into the season's I was a kid. So it was like perfect. Like I'm ready. Let's go.
0: (laughs) You know what your comment taught me though? It made me realize that so many times as, as black parents, when we are in a position to give our kids like the best educations and put them in the best environments we always tend to end them in you guys up in places where it's predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from that is, is that we have to be you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. If your kid is in a predominantly white area, but there is some diversity mm-hmm. to a measure. But what, what you said to me made me realize that I think as parents, we think we're doing our kids a service by putting them in those environments But I'm not necessarily sure if that's the case because I saw, I mean, you've always been a kid who's cared about your academics and school has always been very important to you. But I physically saw you blossom Mm -hmm. around your own people. I've
1: seen myself blossom. And it's crazy because I go to school at TSU now with a girl who's also from Knoxville who Mm -hmm. went to a private school yes and it's crazy because we'll talk and we'll be like yeah like it's just crazy how like much better how you know how much we've blossomed with coming from that situation to a situation where we see more sisters and brothers that are like us that yeah. we can feel comfortable and not feel like you know with the odd ball out or the you know yeah yeah i get that
0: because what I realized from you saying that was, and correct me if I'm taking your experience out of context, but what I realized out of that was, is that in order for some, not all black kids, cause you know, we're not all monolithic. We're mm-hmm. not all the same, but I think for some black kids to be around your own as you're growing and developing yeah. helps you develop with a more con with a bigger confidence and a bigger self-awareness and, um, And have better self esteem. Yes. And that's not to say, you know, that if your kids are going to a predominantly white school that or I'm, uh, you know, promoting, you know, go to all black or don't send your kids to all white schools. I mean, to each his own. But what I noticed in your experience was that you had predominantly been in mostly white places. Mm -hmm. You know, even when we lived in, you know, more diverse cities, Mm -hmm. you kind of we're always in all white places yeah. and
1: um and it's like what you said about developing because I feel like that's so important it's so true like when I was younger and I was going to those predominantly white schools it was no like you know it was just I'm going to school mm-hmm. I'm learning it's just another day but as you get older I feel like kids start to take notice of that type of stuff like I did mm-hmm. you know you're you know, having grownish, grownish up thoughts. You're evolving. You're growing up, basically. Like, I feel like
0: was that when you started checking for boys? When you say I grownish mean, yeah. up thoughts, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I guess checking for boys. <laughs> okay, you <know>? okay. Yeah. <laughs> checking for boys. You know, feeling yourself, smelling yourself. You know, all <laughs> that good stuff.
0: <laughs> yes, I do know. I remember. Yeah. And so you were saying, like it. You know, when you started to grow up a little bit and and you started to become aware of like there's nobody Mm -hmm. here that so what did that do to you like um mentally when you're looking around and you're starting to notice like the cute boys and stuff like that and you're maybe like one of two black girls in the whole place like how did that make you feel
1: mentally oh that it it really did a number to me because Like I said, when you grow up, you start to want to, like, you know, fit in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it caused me to put chemicals in my hair. I was perming my hair. Hair was so unhealthy, just damaged. I was this thick black, brown, you know, I'm gonna add that beautiful girl. (laughs) Absolutely. Just in this (laughs) environment where it was nobody else like me. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't realize how much I shined, but in that moment it's just like why can i not have like straight hair why can i not have long hair why can i not be petite and this height and this like it was always why can i not be this why can i not be that and after so much of that it becomes exhausting it's like yeah why can i just like you know be happy with the body that i'm in like why do i have to feel like i need to look like this be like this talk like that to fit in but yeah it was mentally exhausting though but i really do thank knoxville because it helped me to just love the body that i'm in Mm -hmm. love my skin and if i could go back and tell my little 11 12 year old self i'd be like just love yourself you're amazing you're beautiful yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you are beautiful
1: Thank you. Yeah. And it was <laughs> it was, you know,
0: I have to say, as your mom, it was beautiful to see the blossoming. It was beautiful yeah, to see the nice. glow up, because you know, <laughs> couldn't tell you nothing. Like, but I mean you were into sports, like you were in your own student council, yeah, like you like were always into something. And I loved from day that. Day one, like, yeah,
1: from day one of coming to my high school, it was like I got into sports, I made friends. I was on three sports actually. Mm-hmm. I was on homecoming court. I went to prom all three years. It was just amazing. It was a great experience. (laughs) Yeah.
0: As a matter of fact, we're trying to sell some of those dresses now. Hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) We got dresses, dresses. We got dresses. Yeah. You know, but beautiful dresses. Yeah. They were all really beautiful dresses. Really pretty. Yeah. They were really pretty. So the moving was okay until we got to uh, Knoxville. And that was the perfect time because Mm -hmm. it was a good, diverse, you know, situation for you. We're talking about being young and living in places where um, it was predominantly white a lot. And I remember, and I've told this story on these three things before, where you came to me and you told me about a young girl who came to you one day and said something about the difference in our complexions and what you thought about that. Share that story from your experience like from your own words
1: so first and foremost i just want to clarify that the girl who actually came up to me was a black girl she was a black girl she was a black girl. oh my god
0: why have i always thought that it was a white kid no, who said it to you and know you know what
1: and i was like i feel like i need to tell mom that it was a black girl who well, actually said thank you, said you for it. telling yes. me on the air after yes. <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> after i've said it a thousand <laughs> times okay so tell yeah, me yeah so it was a black girl and i remember you had came up to uh, my school probably dropping off something that i forgot at home and (laughs) i just remember her looking at you and looking at me and being like your mom's light-skinned and i'm like yeah she's light-skinned and she's like really and i'm like "Yeah." she was like she looks nothing like you and i'm like i do (laughs) i i hear that a lot thank you for saying that for the 100th time And she's like, wow, that's so crazy. And in that moment, it was like, wow, like my mom is light skinned. But before she had even said that, I just looked at you as a mom. I never was like, I never looked at you and was like, my mom's light skinned. When people, ask about you i'm never like she's light-skinned like mm-hmm. this down the third like you were just my mom mm-hmm. you were my mom <laughs> right i mean obviously like i knew that we were different colors but it was never a big deal to me it yeah. was never like yeah so like, it was
0: more about the fact that she noticed it yeah. that made you think about it
1: the fact that she pointed it out yeah. and the way like she had said it and she was so just like you know like appalled by it it was like Why is
0: that a, but why? Did she make you feel like it was an issue that we were different? a little
1: bit just because of the attention that that rose Mm. and more people became to get like engaged in it, I guess. And they were like, oh, like, come on, that's your mother. Like, wow, like, she's pretty. I didn't know that she was light skinned. That's crazy. How are you dark skinned? And then it would lead to another conversation. And I would have to be like, okay, well, as you can see, yes, my mother's light skinned. My father is dark skinned and then here I am. <laughs> and <laughs> So it, did you
0: think it was silly to have to have that conversation? Were you like like people just don't understand that or
1: I when I was younger, like at the time, no. But now mm-hmm. that I am older, if I was to hear that, if I was to hear somebody say like your mom's light skin, like it would be kind of I don't wanna say like disrespect yeah, yeah, offensive. I don't wanna say offensive or disrespectful, but I would be like, Why is that even an issue like why do you feel the need to say that yeah
0: (laughs) right so let's just talk about the colorism issue because you and i we've talked about it a lot and you know (laughs) how i feel about the colorism (laughs) issue like it really just bothers me because it's like we have and it's not that there's not a reality for brown skin girls what I think sometimes is missed is the reality for light-skinned women as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of it between you and I is that we've had a chance to see both each other's experiences. Yeah. And so I've never really raised you about complexions, have mm-hmm. I? No. What ha- What What do you remember from me about complexions and dark skin, light skin, whatever, that whole colorism issue? I mean, we never really talked about it.
1: Yeah, we never really talked about complexion because... We just, we love it all. What yeah. is there really to say? <laughs>
0: yeah, I think, I mean, what you just said is real. We love it all. Like, we've always, like, I have always, like,
1: yeah just
0: commented on beauty. Just yeah. And I think that, see, for me, it's really hard because... This is just the skin that I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like I, you know, it's almost like when when I, when I see black people, when we get into arguments about the light skin, dark skin, and, you know, I can see some of the things that brown skin sisters say, like about how maybe sometimes they see white, I mean, light skin women in more opportunities than dark skin women. Mm-hmm. I used to think that was really more prevalent when I was younger. I think now, honey, uh, brown skin, chocolate sisters, they got it going on. Mm -hmm. Like they're out here and invisible. But I can only, you know, speak from the skin that I'm in. And I almost feel like, you know, we treat each other like we were in a big race and I touched the light skin tree before you touched the light skin tree or something. When Mm -hmm. I had no choice over my complexion, like you had no choice over your Mm -hmm. complexion, your mom and dad came together and you could have been either one of us. Right. And this is what God, you know, intended for you to be. And so, I made a conscious effort, uh, raising you to always let you know that your complexion was beautiful to always, you know, give you like to, to speak that into you so that for anything that you may have heard, because I grew up hearing things too, like I'm not black enough. Like I'm not, I'm light skinned. I've Mm -hmm. been called a mutt. I've been called, uh, albino. I've been called, um, mulatto i've been asked a lot what are you Mm. um like you know i get that too and for me for someone who is obviously a very proud black woman that sometimes is really disheartening for me when black people say that to me Mm -hmm. because i'm like dang like how can i i mean just because of my complexion i'm not black enough Mm -hmm. but i'm living in the same black you know experience that you're living in. i don't
1: think i've ever asked you this but has anybody asked you if you're mixed
0: oh all the time what? yeah yeah like people would be like what are you are you black wow. like especially when i used to wear the weaves and all that yeah. all the time people would be like well what are you
1: and you know what that just reminded me somebody asked me if you were mixed yeah somebody asked if my mother was mixed and i feel like that's just so disrespectful because why can't a black person not be light and not have to be mixed with anything <laughs> yeah yeah But I also wanted to say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, baby girl. But I also just wanted to thank you for telling me that I'm beautiful, telling me that I am beautiful and that I was beautiful when I was younger because it really has helped me grow up to love the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. And because I love the color of my skin, I make sure another black sister knows that her skin is beautiful and that she's beautiful because you have allowed me to grow up in an atmosphere where it's only just good vibes when it comes to bodies and your skin and the, the color that you are and the color that God made you to be, because it's like what you said, like nobody can help the way they, the way that they come into this world. Nobody can help that. No. And I feel like it's a knock on God because he made you that color for a reason. So why would you hate the color that you're in? And why would you make another person feel bad about the color that they're in? So I really do just want to thank you for allowing me to not be that kind of person to where I have to put down another person for me to feel good about myself because I already know how, you know, bomb I am. (laughs) I'm just going (laughs) to put that out there. Oh, gosh.
0: You are listening to These Three Things Podcast, Mother and Daughter Relationships, with my daughter, Kamora Reeves. We'll be right back. You are listening to these three things podcast, mother and daughter relationships with my daughter, Kimora Reeves, and we'll be right back. If you want to find more information about this episode and my guest, go to 3 thingscom Go to our podcast page and click on this episode. If you like what you've been hearing today, I encourage you to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a review and tell me what you loved about this episode.
1: I will say, though, the only time I really didn't like my skin was when, you know, like society or friends or just people outside of your house outside of like your household mm-hmm. would comment on it and it would be so just mean and just aggressive and it would make me feel like wow like why can't my skin be like my mother's why couldn't i come into this world with my mom's skin but then i would come home and you'd be like on like your skin is so beautiful like it's so brown it's so chocolate you look like a chocolate baby doll you make me feel good and then I walk outside the house and I'll be like, oh, you're dark. Kim's too dark. You won't see her in the light. You won't see her in the dark. People said that to you? Yes. People said that to me. And wow, yeah, it, it was hurtful. Black people? No.
0: Okay. White yeah, people. White people. Okay.
1: <laughs> it was white people. And it would be very hurtful. And. I would just have to laugh it off. I would laugh and just, to keep from crying, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be 100. <laughs> I would have to laugh to just keep it, you know, upbeat, I guess, because, you know, it can't show too much emotion in middle school, you know.
0: Right. Middle schools. Middle, middle school, school is, is a battlefield. Yeah,
1: it's, it's harsh. Middle school is really a battle. Not just for me, but just middle school, period. In general. Yeah, middle yeah. school is, it's crazy.
0: I agree with that. I was so happy for you to get out of middle school. Me too.
1: But- People would comment all the time, like, let me sh- let me come to school with weave in my hair. I knew that was going to be something. It was almost to the point, like, I was scared to wear braids to school because I knew they were going to say something. I knew they were going to comment but on But do it. you understand
0: now that a lot of that was envy?
1: It was envy because now that I'm older and I'm seeing on social media, all cultures, all races, all people are wearing these wigs, braids hairstyles putting perms in their hair doing all this other stuff but when i was growing up it was seen as ghetto it was seen as ratchet it was seen as just whatever they tried to make it seem because they couldn't have it yeah because they
0: couldn't have it so instead of just you know showing the the envy of it all yeah i'm gonna make you feel bad about it because i can't have it exactly yeah
1: and that's why I was saying, like, if I could just go back to my 12-year-old so twelve, self, 12 year old self, I would just be like, girl, just be yourself. I will say to the mothers, though, like, give your child, give your daughter, even son, that environment, to love their skin and love the body that they are in. Because it all starts at home. Like, you're not going to get it out here. You're not going to get it at school. You're not going to get that type of confirmation anywhere else but home. So I feel like me speaking it was really important for me to get it from my parent because i knew like okay like you know you got to grow from that you have to grow somewhere
0: because what parents say matter most initially you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like what they're speaking to you shapes how you think about you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so let's talk about this okay so we we just discussed middle school And I want to kind of educate some parents right here who may have daughters who are younger than you, who are coming up, you know, maybe in middle school or maybe like, you know, freshman year in high school. So like when realistically did the drugs and the sex or sex acts start?
1: Drugs first started being brought to my attention, I would say around middle school middle school Around middle school mm-hmm. seventh
0: or eighth grade seventh grade seventh grade okay was, and what form of yeah tell me what drugs
1: there uh it was weed okay it was weed um i remember being in class and these uh girls would no it was a girl this girl would be away from school for like weeks nobody knew where she was nothing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and apparently <laughs> It's crazy because it just shows you how fast word gets out, mm-hmm. and how crazy middle school was. <clears throat> I remember hearing that she was um, on drugs, and her parents had sent her away to like some boarding school or something okay. for her to like you know get help mm-hmm. and do what she needed to do so she could come back and learn with the class. And I remember when she had came back, everybody treated her so different. People talked about her. People made jokes about her. I remember one uh. time. She just cried, got up out of the class, just walked out, went to the principal's office. It was really crazy. And it really hurt because you know how soft my heart is. So seeing stuff like that, especially sometimes being on that end, seeing that happen to somebody, it makes you feel sad because it's like, wow, like, you know, you can't really do anything except just what she did. Just walk out. Yeah. You just walk out. And I have never been the type to try and, like, make somebody feel bad or attack somebody for the things that they did because, like, how am I even, how am I better than them? Like, they don't know my story. I don't know theirs. So why am I trying to make them feel bad, you know? Right. Like, who knows what might be going on in her household? So who am I to try and, like, talk bad about her, talk about her life, talk about what she needs to do? right But, yeah, that was my first time being introduced to drugs especially like in seventh grade like what are you like 13 12 in seventh grade yeah
0: okay so then what about drugs
1: drugs were drugs in. i mean uh was sex in middle school yeah sex was in middle school as well i remember hearing about it in eighth grade and i remember hearing about a girl who had lost her virginity in sixth grade and i remember them i remember people talking about that and Mm -hmm. i was like wow like sixth grade like in my mind i'm just like is that like what happens like what happens do people do that in sixth grade i'm in eighth grade thinking like wow like am i behind (laughs) like (laughs) it was just so much going through my head
0: and that's a real question that we all ask ourselves when our peer group is already doing things that we have not experienced. We start to question Mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah.
1: And it becomes a real big pressure moment because not only do you like hear that once, but then you start hearing it more Mm. and more and more like, Oh, so-and-so is doing this. Oh, now so-and-so is doing that. Oh, did you hear about dude and you know, so what
0: kept you, what kept you from stepping out and doing anything? Because peer pressure is real, would yeah. you say? Yeah, it's
1: very real. And what kept me was just not wanting to do what everybody else was doing, but to do it when I was like ready. Mm-hmm. To do it when I was like, okay, like this is what I want to do.
0: Like, what is this something? What is something that you can tell parents right now that would benefit them for uh, that has a, that has a twelve or thirteen year old daughter, eleven, twelve, thirteen, somewhere in there.
1: Hmm. I would encourage parents to really just be there for their daughters because this is the time where they are learning about themselves, becoming a woman, you know, maybe starting periods, starting to learn how to shave, doing all that stuff. So just be there for your daughters. Don't try and make like a big deal out of it. That's very awkward for us. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just be there for us. Um, try and encourage us. Let us know, you know, things to look for let us know what to expect teach us things um have trust in us i feel like trust is one like really big thing Mm -hmm. to have is just trust Mm. i can't really think right now but should
0: we come to you guys and ask y'all stuff like i mean we need to be inquisitive about what's going on with you, don't we? Like, we do. yeah, yeah, and Please asking ask. y'all questions, mm-hmm. yeah, about your friend group and who's yeah. in your friend group. Oh,
1: yes, yes. Please ask, <laughs> get information as much as you can about friends, about people who who we hang out with, because that really does have a big impact on the road that you know your child will take. Because, like I said, when it became a bandwagon for drugs and sex it was crazy because it was always in that group it was always who you saw hanging around who Mm -hmm. it was like it was only just a matter of time before you knew like the next girl was gonna be god or the next guy was gonna like you know do his thing yeah so i feel like friends is really big so big um
0: was i aware of your friend group or did i not have a clue
1: no you were very aware i remember you telling me straight up to my face they're not your friends they're on the bad they're on a bad path kim you need to be mindful of who you you know let be your friends Mm -hmm. who you let in and i will i will say it did take me a minute to finally understand it but once i got it it was it was nice it was very eye-opening
0: yeah yeah Yeah. That's a hard conversation to have though, because that can go either way. Mm -hmm. You know, when you telling your kid that, and you know, a lot of times we as parents, we see it, you know, and we talk to you guys about it. Mm -hmm. And some kids are like you Mm -hmm. who can identify (laughs) that. Okay. Yeah. Mom's right. These people are not my friends. And then you have the other, that's more of a rebellion. That's kind of like, I want to pick my friends. I want to So I think, you know, it's, it can, it can go either way really.
1: Yeah. And, you know, at the time people, kids just want to have friends. Like Mm -hmm. they just want to just kick it, have fun, laugh. And I feel like that was, yeah, be accepted. And for a part of my, um, you know, high school slash middle school experience, I just wanted to have friends. So I was like, ah, I don't really care about that. We're going to probably move anyway. So (laughs) I just want to have friends. and but once you told me it kind of made me take a step back and just to evaluate my friends but i was still cool i was still nice i wasn't an a-hole i wasn't mean Mm -hmm. but it did help me like step back and just you know reevaluate the things that i say how i act you know where i go about where like if we do go out where are we going you know just be more cautious about things in that area
0: yeah yeah Let's talk about this. So during all of these years, all of this time where we're moving and we are transitioning to different places because of my career and um, we're moving as a family and then your dad and I split up. That was at a, I mean, like, do you remember how old you were when your dad and I split up?
1: Yeah. The final time I was in fourth grade. Don't really know how old I was. Um,
0: Was it fourth grade?
1: Yeah, it was fourth grade. Yeah, you're right. Because...
0: We'd moved from New York. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was fourth grade. And, oof. I wish I could just hug my fourth grade self. I went through it. I really did. Tell me about it. Mm, I went through it. It was so hard because it was like everything was going good, semi-good, but you knew, like I knew at some point like it was going to come to an end. I knew at some point it was going to be like, okay, mommy and daddy are going to get divorced and it's going to be final and it might not be good this time. (laughs) And it, it wasn't. And I just remember you leaving and me and Kenan having to stay with dad. And at the time, like that was the first time dad has ever like had us like Mm -hmm. that was the first time we had ever lived like with dad just dad and i think for him too it was really a learning experience because like i said it was the first time for him it was the first time for us because any other time like if you guys you know weren't together we were always with you but this one time we were with dad and it was very like it was really hard to adapt because we weren't used to it and just having to finish off school was just really a drag because so much happened that year. And it was like, I just needed you. I really just wanted you there, but I loved how you would always mail me and Ken and send us mail, like send us letters. And I just remember getting off the bus, checking that mail before I even got to the door, checking mm-hmm. the mail, seeing if, you know, you letter mail, you- Seeing if you had sent us uh, any letters and reading those letters just made me feel so good. Like I can't even express like the emotion that that made me feel was to like receive your letters and to hear you. And it would make me sad to have to someone back because I'm like, oh man, she's not gonna be able to read this like three, four days later. But overall, I will say that when we all did get back together, it really made us stronger mm-hmm. because like, we all really need each other. We all missed each other. And we when we were all together, man, it was great. We had a really good time. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Like the world could end the world could have ended, But as long as we <laughs> were together, like it was okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes me sad. It was really hard though. Yeah. I know that it was hard and you know, The only reason why you guys stayed was I didn't want to disrupt your school year Mm -hmm. because I already felt like, okay, it's a lot going on right now. To take them out the second semester of school and take them with me would have just been more, and then go stick you in a new school in a place you don't know that I'm not familiar with either. It just wasn't a good move and it was the hardest thing that I ever had to do at that time you know and that's why i would write the letters because i was like i need to touch base Mm -hmm. with them as much as Mm -hmm. i can and like you know the job that i had at that time i was like i need two days off in a row Mm -hmm. every week i came to see you and your brother like four hours i would drive there and four hours back to come and see you guys but you know i know that it was hard when did it when did it get better and how how long did you know and i'm and i'm We're having this conversation for all the parents who are contemplating divorce, who are going through a divorce and your kids are experiencing it. I want you to hear from uh, my daughter because uh, her dad and I divorced. Um, And I want you to hear just maybe the the mindset that, you know, your kids may have and the conversations that you may need to be having with your kids uh, if your uh family is going through a divorce right now,
1: well, I first just want to start off by saying kids know kids know all the time. I've seen people who try and like hide their divorce or make it seem private or you know try and keep it from the kids, but overall, kids will know kids are going to know they're gonna know when the vibe is off in the house, they're gonna know when parents are arguing or when parents are ready to divorce or split apart, I remember so many nights me and Kenan would just sit in a room and be like, you know, like mom and dad are probably just going to get divorced. Like they're probably just, well, we didn't really know the word divorce at the time, <laughs> but we're like, they're probably just, you know, going to go their separate ways or whatever. But it's like, you know, you just know it's, you know what a good time is as a kid and you know, when it's not. Yeah. And I feel like, many times parents try and hide that from their kids but the kids know they know and overall though when you do have kids involved with going through a divorce like from my experience it was just nice for you and dad to both nurture me and kenan and Mm -hmm. to make us feel like it's gonna be okay like it's all gonna work out because in that moment like it's so much going through your head like who are we going to stay with who are we going to pick like I don't want one parent to feel like I love the other parent more mm-hmm. it was just so stressful it was really hard being a kid having to you know go through that decision and having to you know just be in that position period because like I said, like when you pick it's gonna make the other parent feel bad Mm -hmm. and I vividly remember telling dad like I want to go live with mom and he cried and that just hurt me so bad because I'm Mm -hmm. like dang you see like this is what I was trying to avoid and then here we go and I remember he cried and it just hurt his heart but you know you just want to be happy you want to be where you know you're gonna be the happiest and I can't really say, like, from a kid's point of view, like, what to do to try and, like, make the divorce or separation easy. Because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be very, very hard. And I, I, I um, remember playing volleyball with one of my friends. And in high school, her parents are going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I would try and be there for her because I, I know what it's like from that, you know, from the beginning stages of your parents being divorced, like, how that makes you feel, like, what that, you know, what you go through and everything. But back to us, I would just say, just be there for your kids. You know, let them know that it's not their fault. Let them know that it's going to be okay.
0: Was therapy good for you and Kenan? Did therapy help you?
1: Therapy did help me. It really did help me. Did you recommend therapy? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I, I recommend therapy like to this day, like to my classmates friends everything like this organization I'm in we actually just had an event and I told them like if you need therapy like get therapy like it's really helpful it helps you to you know finally be vulnerable within yourself and just fix the problems or fix whatever you need to fix and just you know grow get out of those habits you know
0: so, at what point did you did it get better for you after your dad and I divorced?
1: It honestly, it got better after me and Kenan left because the house that we were in, the house that me and Kenan had finished that school year and mm-hmm. before we had left, was the house that you and Dad had officially got divorced in. Yeah. So being in that house, not having you around, was just like, you know lame (laughs) yeah it was really you know just a burden to have to come home and not see you there
0: okay so fast forward now your dad and I have been divorced for a while and um the year that you graduated high school we all took a family vacation to to dolphin island and Mm -hmm. just celebrated you know you graduating your brother in school you're in school how important are those moments for you and your brother that your dad and I can come together and do those things and, and still like, um, have those moments together.
1: Um, well, I love when we have those moments together and I feel like those are really necessary because I mean, it's a family, it's a family. We are all connected. Well, me and Kenneth are connected to you and dad, Mm -hmm. you know, by blood. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we are together it's like we're a family like you know we started off together and I feel like in that moment it was really nice to all be together in a good atmosphere and a positive atmosphere just in a great mindset to just hang out with family and to hang out with people that you love and to forget about the all the chaos and the crazy things that happened in the past Mm -hmm. and just you know be happy and just enjoy each other's you know company
0: you know i'm i'm like listening to you and really like just listening to you because mom and dad still are still married yeah you know what i'm saying and a part of me as your mom feels horrible that i couldn't give you what i grew up with Mm -hmm. you know two parents in the house two parents that are still married never really feeling like i had to choose you know so i listen to you and and you know, a little bit of my heart breaks, you know, I know we're on the other side of it now, Mm -hmm. but just to think back to like what it might've been like for you, you know, and your brother, you know, during that time. And, you know, I'm glad that we made it through. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that, you know, we all got therapy and we could talk about, you know, how to deal with and process and have coping skills. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I mean, I was coaching at Mississippi state at the time and you know, that was a, a a lot of responsibility and I was trying to, you know, do my best job there. Mm -hmm. And then I was dealing with the things that were going on between your dad and I, and then you and your brother were having your own set of emotions. And I just remembered that therapy for me was about having coping skills to know how to manage all of these moving parts that are going on in my life, because I felt like for a season my patience was really short with you and your brother because it was just a lot, you know? I mean, and I don't think, and it wasn't for you guys to ever really consider, but, you know, if you're old enough to kind of think about it now, but like, okay, my marriage is falling apart. That's hurtful because, you know, I really, 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 really loved your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's ending and we just can't seem to get it right. We can't seem to fix it. Mm -hmm. We can't seem to be on, get on the same page. And here we have these two beautiful kids that's falling apart. It's coming to an end and it's clear that there is no other option at this point, but for this to come to an end, Mm -hmm. you guys are hurt and you're feeling away. And to see your mom and dad come to an end. And now your family's going to be broken up. And, you know, you're wondering, okay, how is this going to go? All the things that you just said about living in different places and all of that. And then there's this, j- you know, Jai job over here that's expecting me to travel with the team, go and travel and recruit, you know, at every practice, sit, stay up late and watch film, call recruits on, on, you know, the phone. And it was just so much, you know, and shout out to Leslie Fye. Uh my art therapist in Mississippi. Leslie Fi, yeah, give me, okay, exactly, Kim. <laughs> Shout out to Leslie Fi, who is still our therapist yep. to this day. Like, to this day, Leslie Phi is still our therapist just because, man, that's my girl. Like, she really helped me and gave me coping skills on how to manage all of that that was going on at one time. So you know, I'm glad that we made it to the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And, and
1: I'm uh, actually glad that um, we are talking about this because it just reminded me about how you preach to me and Ken all the time about how important it is of the person we marry, how important it is that yes, we pick ma'am. wisely on mm-hmm. the person that we marry. Because, mm-hmm. you know, me, from my experience seeing my parents be divorced was so heartbreaking it was hard because you know growing up your children your child children need both parents they need their mom and their dad like for Kenan dad needed I mean for Kenan he needed that male perspective to look up to for me I needed that male love you know like that love from your dad is the first male love a daughter gets yeah she needs that in a household Um, a daughter needs her mother a son needs his mother like everybody needs each other and when you take that equation out of a family it just hinders the family because now what are they supposed to do yeah so that is something that i just Thank you and dad both, because that is the same thing Mm -hmm. to always, you know, pick wisely who I marry, especially when you start having kids, because you don't want a broken household. You don't want to have to put a child through that. And unfortunately, I was a child to have to go through it. And I don't want to have to put, you know, years down the road, my future, my future children through what I've gone through, because it is really hard and it is hurtful. But now that I am on the other side of it. I know like what to do now. So this won't keep happening.
0: Yeah. To choose wisely. Yeah. Let's talk about. Okay. So let me ask you this. Okay. So the point of our discussion today, uh, and we've just kind of really been talking about everything, you know, we've been kind of giving parents some tidbits about things that they should know about their daughters and Mm -hmm. just, you know, through divorce, you know, sex and drugs and middle school, you know, uh, just different things. So what do you think as a young lady shapes the dynamics of a mother and daughter relationship that makes a good one? What makes a good mother and daughter relationship to you?
1: Um, what makes a good mother and daughter relationship to me is creating the atmosphere where um, you guys can be friends, you know? Like it doesn't always have to be on a serious serious matter between a mother and a daughter. Like have that openness to, you know, like be friends, be cool, talk about things that you know, may be uncomfortable because if your daughter can't talk about it with you like a mother is really her daughter's like first best friend so creating that atmosphere where you can be yourself and have those conversation allows your daughter to come to you when you know it's the time to come to you instead of shying away yeah and saying like oh i can't talk about oh i can't talk to my mom about that you know she she not the one to you know talk to about those type of things and I'm glad that me and you can talk mm-hmm. about things. Like I'm glad that I can come to you and be like, mom, like, you know, this is what's going on mm-hmm. and you be real with me and you tell me the real and you know, you we doing can, great. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, just have those conversations, even if they are uncomfortable, but I'm comfortable enough to come to you and talk to you about them because I know our relationship is good. And do you feel like
0: that's because of my reaction when you've come to me about things yeah. I don't you know overreact or I
1: mean no there are some times where you have like overreacted and I'm like okay well <laughs> that's no more for you but <laughs> then there are some times where your reaction is something that I need like it's all about like what that person needs like mm-hmm. it's what I need and it's about what you need you know like I'm growing up I don't need like my mother constantly like in my ear, telling me what I need to do, telling me this, telling me that, tell me what I need to do. But just you being there for me mm-hmm. was enough for me to just prosper and to become the woman and learn my way, not your way, mm-hmm. but my way. And I feel like that's so important, especially in the black community because black mothers are so prone to like telling them their way, their mother's way mm-hmm. and make it seem like the child's way. So then that's just more, you know, Generation after generation of the same thing, which causes females to grow up and not really know like what they want, what they want to do, what they you know just who they are. Yeah, who they are. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for letting me learn like who I am Mm -hmm. and not just who you want me to be. Yeah. And
0: that was conscious. Yeah, (laughs) I consciously raised you that way Uh because I was like, you know what, I want her to know who she is. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah and not just even
1: in the black community just mother and daughters period just trying to make their children or make their daughter like be somebody instead of just letting them be themselves letting them do what they need to do letting them make those mistakes letting them learn from those mistakes being a guide wing for them you know Mm -hmm. like just being there for them because overall i mean growing up they're gonna do what they're gonna gonna do i mean i'm just gonna be honest like I'm going to like, what you tell me on the time, like you're going to do what you want to do, but I'm going to help guide you and tell you like, and help you. Yeah. And I that's that tough.
0: Sense. Yeah, no. And, and it is. And there's times where that's tough because the, the inclination and the nature of most parents is to, because of what we've learned, try to tell you and mm-hmm. spoon feed you everything. Mm-hmm. But, I realized that you guys don't belong to me and you're different. You're you're your own persons and more than anything than me trying to uh, correct every mistake I've ever made through you guys. I got to let you just be.
1: Mm -hmm. You got to let us learn. I got (laughs) to let
0: you be and I got to let you learn.
1: Because the thing about that is like when we learn, we're learning in our own way. Yes. And I feel like, that's more important because that's something that we won't forget because we learned it in our own way. Yeah. Instead of like learning like your way, it's our way, so that becomes more personal within us because yeah. it's like oh, like okay, I get and it. And I
0: share my way, I yeah, share you, my experience, yeah, you do. but I let you mm-hmm. learn it the way you need to learn it, or yeah. it, or if you, even if you experience it, you may not even experience it the way I experience. And sometimes there things.
1: are times where I come to you for advice, and I'm like, okay, like how should I go about this? and you give your advice you don't tell me what i need to do you give your advice mm-hmm. and then from there it's on me yeah and from there it's the time where like okay like come on like what are we gonna do now mm-hmm. like this is on you like your mother can only do so much she's not here to live your life she's not here to tell you what to do she's here to guide you and give you advice now it's your turn you know put your big girl pants on <laughs> and figure it out <laughs>
0: Yeah. And you you know what? So far, you've done pretty good, kid. Thank you. You make good decisions.
1: All because of you. you know?
0: <laughs> I mean, no, I mean no. Ultimately, like you just said, you you ended up calling the shots. Yeah. So you've mm-hmm. you're making good decisions, and that's important because good de- good good decisions over time mm-hmm. create a good life. Bad decisions over time create a not so great life. Right. You know. So I'm proud of you. What has your what has your experience been like with your friends, as far as their parents' relationships, mother and daughter? What have you seen?
1: I've seen um, some of my friends have good relationships with their mothers, and I've seen some that have uh, pretty bad ones with their mother. But overall, I feel like all mothers and daughters kind of have like the same feeling towards one another because I mean. <laughs> Just gonna be honest, mm-hmm. like I've talked to some friends where they'll be like, Oh, I hate my mom tells me what to do, and she thinks she's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear some of my friends talk about how bad the relationship with their mom is, but then I'll hear like the good ones, mm-hmm. and I'll hear like, Oh, like my mom's my best friend, like mm-hmm. I tell her everything, she's cool with me. Like one of my co workers who I work with, mm-hmm. like her mother had came in and uh, it was her birthday. It was her mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. And she had asked our manager if she could, like, get off early to go spend time with her mom. And the manager was like, yeah, like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, they uh, held hands and skipped out the door. <laughs> and I was like, that is so cute. <laughs> and it's crazy because some girl mm-hmm. was like, I can never do that with my mom. She was like, my mom mm-hmm. would never hold my hand. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then it also talking about that also just reminded me about how affectionate that you are with me and Kendon, yeah and sometimes like You would hug on me and Kenan and give us kisses and stuff like that. And some of my friends would be like, they never do that with their parents. Not even their mom, dad, nobody. And it's just like, wow.
0: I've had players uh, come and tell me that. Mm -hmm. Like when you guys were coming like on road trips or something Mm -hmm. and they see me like hugging on one of (laughs) y'all or (laughs) leaning on one of y'all or holding your hand or something, Mm -hmm. they would be like, I wish I had that type of relationship with my mom. Like my mom isn't affectionate like that, but... I've always cuddle bugs, y'all, you know, yeah, to this day yeah, we are cuddle bugs. I'm still to this yeah. day like, come sit here, <laughs> come sit right beside me. So yeah, well, that's cool, you know, um I appreciate you saying all the all the nice things about me, like we've had our moments yeah. we've we've had our our mother daughter moments that were not so great, but I feel like overall. You know, I feel like our relationship is really good, Mm -hmm. you know, and and for me as a black woman, you know, having a podcast about black women and our relationships with each other and the dynamics of our relationships in places like the workplace, in family, in the community, you know, is very important to me that I... Am an example for you on how to be to other black women, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm gonna ask you this honestly, and I want you to be honest. Like, you know, do you feel that I have been that example for you? Do you feel like, I mean, have you ever heard me like walk around bad mouthing black women or talking bad about us? Yeah.
1: Never. You have given me such a positive and a great outlook just on the black community and black women, period, to where sometimes, like, I'll hear the mean, disrespectful things a black girl would say to another sister. And I'm like, dang, like, that's kind of harsh. Like, how could you even be okay within yourself to want to just talk bad about a fellow sister when you are walking, well, not exactly walking in the same shoe, but walking in the same race as she in, in America, and you're going to say that to her, really?
0: Yeah,
1: Like, and that, that's like... I can rant on this for like 30 minutes straight. Yeah. But that within itself, like it breaks my heart, which is why I was so for you with making this podcast, because it is something that we need to do better on. It is something that we need to improve on and not be out here bad mouthing another sister. Because to be honest, like we're all we got. Like I can't go to a white lady and talk about the black struggles talk about the black struggles of being an african-american female in this in this country what's she gonna say (laughs) but i can go to another black girl and be like hey girl like like what do you think about this like listen to this like help me get some clarification on this like and that's always good to have
0: yeah it was very important to me to pass that on to you about us as Black women, yeah. you know, and what I, and being mindful of what I'm saying around you. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it has never been something that I've had to really be mindful about. It is just really who I am. Yeah. I don't want to be at odds with my sister. Right. Even times where I have carried grudges with my sisters. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not talking about my biological. I'm talking about Black women, queens. Um, it is taking something away from me. Yeah. It takes something away from me. You know, I want to see us really, you know, be in good relationship with each other and get to a place where we can communicate our problems to each other and understand that we really do need each other and that the relationships that we have of jealousy and, you know, trying to keep each other down or not being supportive of one another is not really who we are. Mm-hmm. It's something that our history did to us. Right. And it was intentionally done to us. And some of us understand it and realize it and we do better. And some of us haven't been exposed to the history of it all to understand that a lot of what you're experiencing is, was intended for you to experience it that way. And so I'm just trying to do my part about something that I'm passionate about. And, and I love that. Yeah, and I'm glad that you know you feel that way. And this is not something that we we sat down and said, okay, you're going to say this and I'm going to say yeah, that. I, I wanted it just to come raw. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted you to talk about the divorce and talk about what your experience was like and talk about the sex and the drugs and the you know all of that. I wanted to be open. I want from mothers to hear your daughters and to be able to hear your daughters and love them and see them as who they are and not as you want them to be because what you're going to find which is what I find in you is that I really like you you know you. I don't need another me because me you know mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a, a lot better Sharana at 49 than I was mm-hmm. at 19 like you are so much more further along than me, Kamora. And I wish that I could have your maturity at 19, but I didn't. You know, it's it's it took me longer to get there, but you know, I've always been responsible. I've always handled my business and taken care of the things that I needed to take care of, but I don't think I possessed the maturity level that you did. And, you know, choosing to back off of my way and my thinking and letting you and your brother just be made me see you as a person Mm. separate from me. And I'm like, gosh, I really like her. (laughs) And I like, you know, how she is and how loyal you are and how loving you are to your friends and supportive of the people that like you. And I watched you go through those years where you were super nice to everybody and realized that ain't going to work. I got to start standing up for myself and speaking up for myself. and
1: In a respectful way. In a respectful way, yeah.
0: So what are other reasons that you feel... um, that affect uh, mothers and daughter, mother and daughter relationships uh, in a bad way.
1: I feel like jealousy is also one thing that really hinders a lot of mother and daughter relationships because you have this mother who was, you know, jealous of their daughter and in some way, that's going to cause, you know, confrontation yeah. and rebuttal against each other and, just you know, just basically just button heads with each other. Yeah. And I feel like in the long run, that's just really just going to hurt the whole relationship within itself because then that daughter is going to feel like she can't talk to her mother. She can't, you know, be with her mother, be around her mother, feel like she is beautiful around her mother or anything around her mother because of the jealousy her mother feels for her
0: yeah and And what do you think that jealousy is in like what what do you
1: oof i really don't know it it can be anything between looks height feel like (laughs) anything really just you know just and it's sad have to say. Have you ever been
0: around any friends where that you felt like the mother was jealous of them?
1: Oh yeah. You have? I have, yeah. They're um in West Virginia, actually. Okay. I would be over at her house all the time and her mother would just bash everything about her. Like it was so crazy, mom. Like I remember just like telling you to come pick me up because it honestly hurt my feelings because her mother would say those things about her and I would watch my friend just cry in her room and just cry. Keep in mind we're in middle school. Like we need our moms. We need them. And to have her mom tell us like we need to lose weight or we're getting too big or we think we're all that, or we think we're this down the third and that we're too conceited within ourselves. Like that's just hurtful because yeah. like you're a girl, like you're a female, like you're supposed to be there guiding me, helping me out. Like, if it's a problem, like, come to me and mm-hmm. say that. But don't lower my self-esteem. Don't make me feel like what I'm doing is wrong. Yeah. I mean, because females in general, we already go through moments where our self-esteem gets low. Right. We go through moments where we feel like we're not good enough. So if we can't be good enough to our mom, like, that's setting your daughter up for just pure failure. Because yeah. then she's going to feel like she's not good enough for a man or a boyfriend or anything just job related or just, you know, anything in life.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good advice. Anything else that you feel like makes the dynamics of a, for me as a mom, I'm just going to say, I feel like something that I've learned that I think has made you and I have a good relationship is what is something that you said that I have just let you be. Mm Mm-hmm you know what I'm saying? And I have, now if I've seen things in you that I felt like I needed to say something about, I would say it. And for the most part, you've received everything that I've had to say. Like you'll take it with a grain of salt and mm-hmm. you'll go back and you'll think about it. And, and then I might you'll,
1: cry, but yeah,
0: <laughs> you cry. You're like, that's honest though. You got that crying. I might cry, but I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah.
0: You'll go think about it and then you'll come back and you'll either tell me, you know, your take on it or yeah, there may be some truth to that mom or whatever. But, um, I have to let you grow and develop, and I and I f- I felt like my biggest job was just to encourage and to speak to those things that I knew you needed to, like, check and deal with, mm-hmm. but also build up those areas where I know as a woman you're going to need, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, not, nah, ooh so important too because i
0: needed that yeah you know and build it up in you because society in itself is going to try to tear it down especially Mm -hmm. in african-american women it you know society always tries to tell us that we're not this and we're not that and it's so funny to me because it goes back to what i said you see the envy because for so many years big lips our butts our braids, these bodies that we have, has always been looked at like, well, they're built mm-hmm. like men, or their butts are too big, bubble butts, mm-hmm. and you know those these big lips and our noses and all of these things are all what people pay for now. People pay to have those things, right. and it's like, well, I just always wanted for you to grow up and feel good about who you are above anything else because if you have that then nobody else can come and tear you down in any exactly. way because you know, and that is, that was my goal with you, you know, as a mom. And so, you know, I just, I, I know I didn't do everything right. You know, I know that. And I and I want to sit here and perpetuate, like I have done everything right. Cause I can look back at, you know, disappointing things that uh, has happened and I'm like, oh, I just, you know, wished I wish I made a different decision then, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I love the relationship that we have, and me it has too. always been a very important relationship to me. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: and um, you had mentioned it early, earlier that um, when we do have our moments, one thing I do love is that we can always bounce back with each other. Yeah, and we can always like rekindle. I've seen and heard a lot of times where mothers and daughters have fell out and have not spoken for years. Yeah and that's just something like when i hear that i'm like i can't imagine like not being able to talk to my mom and call my mom for years like that wouldn't even feel right there would be something in my heart just like broken missing missing, broken Mm -hmm. all that to not have to not be able to talk to my mother yeah no (laughs) that's not okay yeah so i really do like how we can always bounce back and we can talk about those things and get through it and push on. Yeah. And
0: I think sometimes that's just because, you know, those things happen because people don't know how to, um, be vulnerable and come back to the situation. Mm-hmm. And I give, I give Leslie Fi our therapist, our family therapist. I call her our family therapist. She, is. Uh, she <laughs> is our family therapist. Uh, she gave me those coping skills because my inclination sometimes when I'm hurt, is to go in my corner and just disengage completely. Mm-hmm. And she was like absolutely not. She was like you're going to call and you're <laughs> going to say you're sorry about your part and you know, we all deal with that pride thing. Well, I'm not going to call first. Yeah. They made me mad, right. you know. <laughs> but I you know, when it comes to you and your brother, I don't have no pride. <laughs> I don't have no pride. I'm going, I'm going to be, Hey, yeah. I'm okay. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's always worked good for us. And I'm, what I'm doing with that also too is what Leslie five, our family therapist gave to me is I'm teaching you when you become a parent, be quick to settle it, mm-hmm. be quick to settle it with your kids, you know, so that you remember that when, you know, moments where me and mom had a fallen out, The next day we're like having a conversation about it. We're Mm -hmm. apologizing where we need to and we're moving on. And I need for you to carry that on with your daughter to be quick to clear it up. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that when we give that, when we give that space a foothold, it just gets wider and wider Mm -hmm. and wider. And I know for me, I've never wanted that space between me and you or me and your brother. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. You know, I want to get it cleared up so we can get back on the right space with each other because that you know that's just always been important to me
1: and i also think apologizing is super duper important yeah starting off at a young age too because that's just as a kid like being told like i'm sorry like you know that's it's something to be said within that like people might not understand it and that's something that i hope that i that is something that i will do with my children is to apologize no matter what age they are it's to just say i'm sorry like especially when you need to right yeah we're not
0: perfect parents aren't perfect (laughs) it's okay to say i'm sorry it's okay to say i didn't get it right you Mm -hmm. know it's okay
1: you don't always have i feel like parents try and put themselves on a high pedestal but kids know, like, parents aren't perfect. Like, we might want y'all to be, but we know that y'all aren't, yeah. and that's okay. But to hear, I'm sorry, from a parent, like, that means something to a kid, to know that you are vulnerable enough to admit, like, That you're your sorry. feelings matter, too. Yeah, yeah they, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that it's not just me as the adult, but that your feelings as mm-hmm. a kid... I see where I wronged you. Yeah, Let me apologize to you.
1: And not always vice versa. Like Like
0: I got to come to you and apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Or you got to come to me and apologize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Well, thank you for this conversation, my love.
1: Of course. I got to go to sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Cause you got to hit this road tomorrow. But early in the morning. Yeah. I'm glad we had this conversation. I hope this conversation will bless um, Mm -hmm. our listeners, mothers and daughters, give them some new insight on how yeah. to move forward with their daughters and understanding their daughters. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love you kid.
1: I love you too. How do yeah. I do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you always do great. You know, you always do great. You just Dang. come as you. <laughs> and I love that about you. You just come as you.
1: Thank you. You know,
0: and I love the fact that you are confident in you
1: to oh, yeah. just be you. I get that from you. Seeing you confident makes me confident. <laughs> yeah it really does like you you are honestly like someone i really do look up to i think about you all the time i'm like how would mom do this would mom go and say this how would mom say this like Mm -hmm. i don't try and mimic you but you do help give me like a leeway of how i should like you know approach some things like how you know affirmative and how like powerful Mm -hmm. and you know forceful you are i really do appreciate that because that's something i am gonna need in this world yeah but yeah let's wrap it up (laughs) all
0: right well it's been a pleasure my love
1: thank you all right
0: you guys you've been listening to these three things with sharana reeves and my lovely daughter Kamora reeves we'll be right back with these three things Beauty Essentials Wellness Spa is the first black-owned spa in Savannah. Owner and veteran Phyllis Russell and her team specialize in massages, facials, and the first-of-its-kind salt cave therapy, which aids in the natural healing of increased stamina, skin aging, bronchitis, and much more. Book your Valentine's Day special at BeautyEssentialsSpa.com. Mention you heard about the spa on These Three Things podcast to receive 15% off any service. That's Beauty Essentials Wellness Spa, located at 407 East Montgomery Crossroads, Savannah. Hey, we're back. This is Sharana Reeves. I am with my daughter Kamora Reeves and it is time for these three things. Number one. Your story. Queens. those of you who are listening right now that have daughters. does your daughter or daughters? Know your story? Do they know the real you or the you you've decided to show them? Do they know about your struggles, disappointments, or heartbreaks? Have you shared your personal victories, accomplishments, and what you've overcome? Do your daughters know you? If we are to teach our daughters to be resilient women, women who persevere through struggles, women who work hard and achieve their goals and dreams, women who win in life, they must know our stories. Yes, at the appropriate age and time, we must share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our stories show our daughters what's inside them. Lessons we learned about love guide them in love. Our stories expose situations that may visit their lives, and by sharing, we empower them to be better informed than we were. Our stories help our daughters to see that we too were once young, insecure, unsure, driven, wild, silly, stubborn, disobedient, but as wonderfully made as they are. Queen, your pod work this week is to share some of your story with your daughter. There's power and guidance and direction for your daughters and your story. Share it. Number two, apologize. As parents, many times, we make our kids apologize for hitting a sibling, talking back, being mean, and a host of other things. We teach our children the word, I'm sorry, at a very early age. When we apologize, it's a way of righting a wrong of sorts. It's a way of fixing a situation, making it better. Admitting fault. Our kids may find apologies easy to say, and sometimes we have to make them say it. But many times, what our kids don't find is our same willingness to apologize to them when we've wronged them. When we are at fault. When we're the ones that were mean when we said hurtful words. In therapy, I learned that apologizing to your children is one of the most powerful ways to build trust. When we apologize, it shows our children that the hurt done to them matters too. It shows them how we expect them to treat others is also what they too deserve. It shows them that we are not perfect and that yes, adults get it wrong too and apologize. Apologizing is one of the quickest ways to heal a situation. Queens, if we're going to teach our daughters at such an early age to apologize and say I'm sorry, we must be willing to say the same, apologize. Number three, a poem for black mothers and daughters by American poet, Oya. Daughter, you are beautiful. Your skin is a wonderful reflection of our ancestors. Daughter, I promise to teach you to love the dark richness that others may make you question. Daughter, you will learn as a child your history, the beauty, and the ugly truths so you can know how strong and diverse a group of people you come from. Daughter, if you should ever come home crying because someone called you names or defamed you because of your darkness, I promise to instill even more strength and power in you so that you can stand proud and stoic and be able to say, my black skin is beautiful and walk around with a smile wearing your invisible crown. Daughter, I will teach you as a queen to always uplift other kings and queens because you are your sister and brother's keeper. We will pray together, honor our ancestors, walk in majesty until our dying day. Daughter, That's it for this episode of These Three Things Podcast. I will see you next week. We only have two episodes left in Season 2. And remember, you can now listen to These Three Things Podcast on iHeartRadio and Pandora.